We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is March 13th, 2023. As always, joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. The first time we've recorded after a win. In over a month, what is up, man? It feels good. It feels good. I was telling you before we recorded, uh, and shout out to producer Kevin because he'll understand what I mean by this. It, it doesn't matter how good or bad my team is in sports, whether it be the NBA or college football in this instance and the comparison I'm making. When Florida football is bad, I always know we get a game at the end of the year against Florida State. And if we can win that game, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. So last night, when I, you know, personally feel like the Magic aren't going to make the playoffs, it didn't matter. I was I was locked in, and I wanted to see us get a win against that dirty team from down south and all their dumb fans that are in the arena. And that's exactly what happened. We got to finally get to do what we should have been able to do the last time. We got to wave bye. Bye, Heat fans. Go back to probably your house in Orlando because you're just Heat fans that live in Orlando. But yeah, man, it was good. It was a uh, it was a good, fun night. I needed it. It, it felt fantastic, honestly. Uh, where I was trying to watch the game from my hotel room, the Wi-Fi. I'm not going to out this the place that I was at because it was a, a nice establishment. But probably the worst hotel Wi-Fi that I've ever encountered where... I could be sitting in the same spot, have Wi-Fi one minute and not have Wi-Fi for the next 10. So I was really only able to lock into like the final four or five minutes of the fourth quarter of the heat game. And then throughout overtime, famously or infamously at this point, the Magic are up double digits later in the the fourth quarter. And I I sent the what I thought was an innocent text in group chat. I said, are are the Magic going to are we going to beat the heat? And you guys are like, dude, shut up. Don't say a word. A few minutes later, I'm starting to feel pretty confident. I said, the Magic are going to beat the Heat. Now, producer Kevin, who I'm very thankful, was covering the game and, and live tweeting the game, decided to uh, 
semi out me on Twitter, did not name any names, essentially left it to 50-50. He threw the lob up, and Luke Sylvia just came in and, and oh, grabbed I, the lob out of midair Blake and just Griffin, jammed it on me. He's like, listen, Clipper it wasn't me, so it was very obvious who it was. Yeah. But the Magic did win. I, I I will admit, I was sweating it a little bit. If I don't know, for those of you who have been on Magic Twitter for a long time, we used to have a, a, a hashtag that we would start. Anytime that somebody would prematurely call a game in the Magic's favor and then they would blow it, we would always hashtag blame Marquee or <laughs> blame Magic Marquee. For like, I forget what game it was years ago, but he's like, oh, the Magic got this one in the bag. And then they lost. So I did not want to have my own blame marquee moment. So when Jimmy Butler hit that three to push overtime, we're going to recap this sick. game in its entirety. Your boy was sweating. I got to say, I, I was sweating a little bit. I was and sick. Then just I can't imagine being the one that overtime. it was your fault, you know? it was. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I like, like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't have any, you know, bearing on the outcome of this game. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe all this is my fault. Maybe. Who knows? Because I tweet that. And the Heat instantly go on a 12 nothing run to make it like yep. a three-point game, I think it, it was at that point. Didn't mm-hmm. feel great, but the Magic won. The reason that I said it is because I have I call it a rule, but I guess it's more of a theory, as Luke and, and Kevin is, have let me know about this. If your team is up or trailing by less than five, by less than 10, excuse me, with less than five minutes to go, the game is almost always decided at that point. If you're up by 10 or more with less than five minutes to go, your team almost always wins. If you are down by less than 10, under five to go, you have a chance. Like if it's 454 to go and you're down by nine, I always tell my myself, all right, we've got a shot. But if you're at 10 at that mark, usually the game is out of reach. I don't know if there's anyone that can do the numbers for me on this. But I feel pretty confident that like the overwhelming majority of the time, that rule or theory would apply and be true. I got a rule. My rule is I don't get my own hopes up. That's true. my rule. I can't, especially with this team. I'll never. Nope. It's going to take me a long time. till this team is very good for me to be like, we're up 10 plus with five to go. It's a wrap. Because I know a young team like this, and as bad as we've been the last decade, we would find a way. We would absolutely find a way. So, I'm listen, I'm glad. And like you said, we will recap this game. But we know that's why you guys are here. You want to hear it. So here's a taste, and we'll revisit it. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Jazz game from Thursday. We'll talk about the Heat game from Saturday night as well. And then Luke and I are going to have a conversation of, is the season over? Like, we're going to take a look at all of the scenarios Take a look at some of the tiebreakers. Producer Kevin took the time to uh, kind of lay out a lot of the scenarios for us. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, we're still going to run the tankathon. We'll decide whether or not the season is over. After that, we'll run the tankathon and see, well, if the season is over, then kind of what's going to happen. Obviously, we'll take a look at the week ahead with the Magic hitting the West Coast for the road trip this week. And that'll basically do it uh, for this episode. Let's get into the state of the Magic, Luke. The Magic are one and or went one and two on this past week, which brought them to a record of twenty-eight and forty on the season. Still have the fifth worst record in the league. They are still thirteenth in the Eastern Conference. Currently three and a half games back of Chicago for the final playing spot. Three games back of Washington, who's sitting at eleven. 
three games back of Indiana, who are sitting at 12. And producer Kevin wanted me to mention the Magic are four games back of Toronto, 4-9. The reason I say producer Kevin wanted me to mention that, I still feel like that's a little bit far out of the Magic's reach. I just don't see us getting to nine. I don't I don't see us getting to 10. It's it's going to take somewhat of a miracle for that Spoiler to happen. Alert. But we'll talk we'll talk more about that in a bit. The Magic have an offensive rating of 111.6 on the season, which ranks 25th in the league. They have a defensive rating of 114.1, which ranks 19th in the league. Overall net rating on the season is negative 2.5, which is good for 26th. Jonathan Isaac obviously out with the adductor tear. Franz Wagner is listed as day-to-day, questionable for Tuesday's game at San Antonio after suffering a right ankle sprain with about nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter against the Heat Saturday night. Kyle Lowry, Luke, I know we've talked about this. I know he's you know both of our, he's my least favorite player. I know he's up there for you. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how this guy continues to do stuff like this game after game, month after month, season after season, and hasn't been met with significant consequences. Had no chance on making a play on the ball after, I think it was Wendell secured the rebound, but just decides to literally dive in front of Franz Wagner, landing on his right ankle, which effectively took Franz out for the rest of the game. And right now he's day-to-day, but who knows how long this is going to keep Franz Wagner out at this point. This is the second time in a week that he's had a, an ankle sprain. I believe I believe to the same ankle, if I'm not mistaken. So I just, I just hate him so much. I just have to say mm-hmm. that. Every time we talk about Kyle Lowry, I, I never have anything good to say about him. It started many years ago in the playoff series. Michael Carter Williams getting elbowed in the nose, running down the court, blood dripping from his face. And that continued over into the 2020 season when right before the playoff start, Kyle Lowry uh, basically swipes Aaron Gordon's leg out from underneath him. Leg flies up in the air, tears the hamstring. He doesn't play in the playoffs for the Magic, which was a big deal. I know we're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of that series, but we've talked about this. A fully healthy Magic team beats the Bucks in that series. It's just every... like The guy just has no redeeming qualities. I'm sure he's a great Mm -hmm. person in real life. Maybe. I have my doubts. But on the basketball floor, the dude is just a dirtbag. And now he's hurt our sweet, sweet Franz. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen... You see the play last night, and if it was a guy that didn't have a, a reputation of dirty plays, then I'd be like, oh, maybe he was just trying to get to the ball, stop the ball, and maybe that was it. But I just don't trust him. I don't trust that he that he didn't see Franz out of the corner of his eye and uh, didn't get in his path and, and make a dirty play. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I've never given this guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm definitely not doing it now. So I don't like him. A quick shout-out before we get into Thursday's game against the Jazz. I want to give a quick shout-out to the folks that help financially support the Six Man Show, our patrons. If you are interested in joining our Patreon community, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Six Man Show. For $2 a month plus some other tiers, you can help support the show. We have other benefits like getting discounted tickets to Magic Home Games, 
joining our monthly Zoom calls where we hang out with our patrons and talk Orlando Magic Basketball and our Discord community. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we always shout out our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons. So shout out to the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, It's Not OKK okay, to Say Okiki, Pierre A., Migzors, Nostalgia, and M&M, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goatee 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Joe Rothbus, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Bobby the Don, Himlo Ban Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Fank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Fuego Nando, Fanimal 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name. Shout out to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. All right, we're calling an audible here. Luke, Sylvia punched Kyle Lowry in the face in the middle of our episode and was assessed a, a flagrant two technical foul. He's been thrown from the game. And here to uh, sub in is producer Kevin Tucker. Hey, uh, first off, so proud of Luke for, for doing right by all Magic fans and by Michael Carter-Williams and Aaron Gordon and now Franz Wagner, the latest victim of Kyle Lowry, you know, just being an absolute clown. But uh, yeah, glad to be subbing in here. Uh, it'll be fun to talk about Definitely the Miami game with you and uh, maybe a little bit of play-in conversation here in a little bit. This is showbiz. You know, the show goes on. That's life right. happens. Yep. But we're rocking with producer Kevin Tucker. The man always steps in when, he, when he's called on. He's the ultimate professional. You know, the epitome of staying ready. He, <laughs> uh, what, he's cold, <laughs> rips off the warm-ups, that's right. comes or, into the game in rhythm, knocks down a couple threes whenever we need him. Or like Very I said, much appreciated, like friend. I said last night, I'm not the stepdad. I'm the dad who stepped it. What was it? I'm, not, right, I'm the baby. dad who stepped up. That's right. That's the phrase. That's right. Perfect. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about this jazz game, Kevin. So kind of going right to the end to, to jump ahead quite a bit. Magic, you know, you're trying to, you just need to stop in this game uh, to, to give yourself a chance. You're down one with 52.5 seconds left. Uh, shot clock is winding down. Oche Abaji misses a, a three-pointer. Walker Kessler gets the rebound, puts it back in. And the Gary Harris foul, very reminiscent of earlier in the year when we played Utah. In Utah, Mo Bamba doesn't get the the rebound off of that free throw. Walker Kessler gets the ball, puts it back in. And that is really what did the magic in. Rest of the way is just free throws. You know, people have argued, you know, back and forth about, you know, fouling and, and whatnot. But the rest of the way here, you know, magic actually, uh, Paolo Bancaro misses a free throw down four with 32 seconds to go would have made it a two-point game instead it's a three-point game Larry Markinen also has this like crazy shot with 10 seconds left that essentially iced the game for the Utah Jazz but Kevin you and I talked about this really uh at length during our our uh, intermission that we had here recording the episode that it just comes down to the magic giving up what was it 131 points in this game to the Utah Jazz and went back through the archives of what has been this season and the magic in seven games this year where they've given up 131 points they've lost all seven of those games and three of those seven games have come in the last nine games after the all-star break where we would have liked to see this big 
push and a, a massive improvement on the defensive end. We've seen some of the, the worst uh, defensive performances on the year so far for the Magic, Kev. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. You know, when you, when I hear we've had seven of those games, actually, when you told me, my first reaction was maybe it was earlier in the year when we weren't as healthy or maybe, you know, recently not having Wendell. But unfortunately, none of those correlations, you know, add up. Like you said, three of them have come in the last, what it was at nine games, you said. Um, that's not great. Even, you know, though Jonathan Isaac is out, um, you know, he shouldn't be the one that is relied upon to keep teams under 130 points. Like, that's just not good enough. Um, that's a little, a little frustrating, a little confusing. I don't, I don't know if there's something we can attribute it to. I don't know if it's just late in the season and legs are tired. And I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely not what you want to see. I, I also, you know, really quickly want to point out, you know, this – this jazz game, especially like you mentioned, absolute deja vu with Walker Kessler. I mean, literally, this is the exact same thing. Can't box him out. He gets an off- offensive rebound. But by the way, Walker Kessler is unreal, man. That dude is so good, and he's going to be real good. I'm. We've got a great young core, but I'm jealous in a lot of ways of Utah for him. I think he's going to be awesome. The other thing we just have, I mean, we have to mention it. Like you said, it's a one possession game under a minute to go. This game, giving up 131 stinks, but this game was lost at the free throw line. Magic went 20 of 31 from the free throw line, while the Jazz went 20 of 21. That's 95% to 64%. Just not good enough. You mentioned Paolo missing the free throw there. After the walk, Walker, Kessler, and one, that was just, you know, that was kind of a snapshot into the whole night. Really hate to lose a game that way. Um, but yeah, all those things combined, giving up 131 points. I know you didn't have Wendell, um, for this game, but, um, either way, yeah, not, not great. And especially if you're talking about a team still trying to get in the play in, which the players are all still referring to that. And I know we'll talk about this later games like this. You just can't, you can't lose them. Um, so that was definitely a disappointing one to, to drop there on Thursday. Yeah. What is kind of doubly frustrating is that it was a really good offensive performance for the Magic. Yeah. Score 124 points, almost shoot 47% from the floor, 47% from the three-point line. You made the point, Kevin, the game was very much lost at the free throw line. 20 of 31, you leave 11 points on the board there. I mean, 42 to 36 rebound advantage to the Jazz, 27 to 21 assist advantage to the Jazz. But the Magic, 10 turnovers to Utah 17 kind of helped keep them in the game at points despite the poor free throw shooting. The Ma- This Magic team scores 124 points. They have to win, Kevin. This year, when scoring 124 points are better, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The Magic are 7-3 and three in games this year where they score 124 points or more. You put up that that many points, it has to be enough to come away with the victory. And the fact that this wasn't just solely due to free throw shooting and lack of defense is really frustrating. This is a team that I think we talked about earlier in the episode is 19th in defensive rating on the year. Um, Top 10 in the last 15 games, I think since the beginning of the year, they're 12th. I think post-All-Star break, they're 16th. So... Three of those 130-point-plus opponent 
outputs in the last nine games is going to drop down that defensive rating a little bit. But, I mean, Franz had a great game. Paolo had a great game. Markel Fultz had a great game. Like, you go down the list, it's just full of good offensive performances. But the free throw shooting and the, the defense just not good enough and leads to the Utah Jazz sweeping the Magic on the season two games to zero. Man, that's and it's, it's a really tough sweep. Again, when you think back to the game in Utah, that was almost identical to this as as far as how it came down to the last minute and losing the exact same way. Like, man, that's that's really tough. That's um yeah, two very winnable games that were dropped. Um obviously like we said, over the course of the whole forty eight minutes, not enough defense, but again, it still came down to la- that last minute and just couldn't make the plays and the Jazz did. And so but like you said, Markel, Paolo, Franz, what a showing from them. Like seeing those three guys at each, you know, different points in the game each just kind of took over for for sections of that game and it was it was a beautiful sight to see another glimpse into the future of this team but just not enough to get the win on thursday last thing that i want to say about walker kessler i don't know if you recall this at all but i had talked about this during kind of like the pre-draft process last year i said i would have loved to see us trade back into like the later first round and draft a backup center. And Walker Kessler is one of the guys that I mentioned, because this was still, we didn't know what was going to happen with Mo Bamba, you know, if he was going to be back, what the Magic's plans were in free agency. I didn't think he was going to be this good. But for a Jazz team who got, what was it, five first-round picks and trading away Rudy Gobert, yep. having Walker Kessler, like, contracts aside, which player would you rather have right now? Facts. You yep. would probably say Walker Kessler. Yep. Yeah, if if this trade if they Home went run back by the Jazz, yeah, if Minnesota came back and was like, "Hey, um, we'll just give you Rudy for Walker straight up," Jazz say no, forget all the picks. That's not happening. It's crazy, and for it to happen year one is <laughs> that trade is going to go down as maybe the worst ever. Definitely like top three, but maybe the worst ever. It's awful. I think it's already top three. Yeah, for sure. I don't see it getting a lot better. Like. We're going to look at one of those five picks from the Jazz, and they're going to draft like a multi-time All-Star. And we're going to say, oh, man, this kid is incredible. Oh, yeah, they got this pick from that Rudy Gobert deal. And then all of a sudden, it will be the worst trade of all time. Yep, and two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Walker Kessler, whatever he ends up being out of it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that we're like, what is it, like seven, eight months removed from that deal? We're not even a full year removed yep. from that deal and we're already like it is absolutely terrible yep off we knew it was bad at the time like everyone was like whoa but now it's like whoa like it's it's bad yeah you know it's not bad kevin the next day after a magic victory you've got that victory feeling it's just a fantastic day nothing can go wrong mm. and then you got to worry about what's for dinner but all of a sudden no you don't have to worry about what's for dinner because after every Magic victory the next day, you can get 50% off your online order, order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. Kevin, you know what I found out today very tragically? Yeah, I we heard just about moved. This. The closest Papa John's to me here in Homosassa does not accept code MAGICWIN promo offer. Unacceptable. They will never, they will never get my business. They will never, I will never eat a bite of pizza from that Papa John's that doesn't come at the hands of a code magic win deal for me. 
It's tragic, man. Like, what are, what are we doing? Like, come on now. We'll have, we'll have to call our people. We'll have to call our people, have our people call their people and be like, come on, y'all, get it together. We do have some You're people. missing out on money. Yep. I'm in Home Assassin now. I'm going to be spreading the, the word about the magic from, you know, Ponce de Leon Boulevard all the way up to Crystal River. I'm going to be telling everybody about the Orlando magic. And that is business that you could be getting Home Assassin Papa John's. Yep. So shame on you. Shame on But them. if you don't live in Home Assassin, folks, again, make sure every day following Magic Victories, you get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of a magic win, we are now going to talk about a magic win. So... Mm. Talked about this at the top of the show. I was uh, at a at a hotel this weekend. We were celebrating one of my one of my friend's birthdays. You know, all the little kids are are together. And seven o'clock rolls around. And I'm in my my hotel room and I go to to fire up the old Spectrum app that I I'm paying money for every month to be able to watch Bally Sports Florida. You know what the the app told me I couldn't watch Bally Sports Florida. I was hmm. at a hotel in Orlando. You know what they did not have on the TV at the hotel. In Orlando, Florida. I'm gonna guess Valley Sports, Sports Florida. Florida. Yeah. So I try to go to Stream East, Kevin, to I don't I'm not an advocate for breaking the law, but nothing will stand in between me and Magic Basketball. I go to Stream East, Wi Fi in my hotel room cuts out. I was sitting in the exact same spot. One minute I had Wi Fi, the next minute I did not have Wi Fi. So again, not the stepdad, but the dad that stepped up, Kevin Tucker, live tweeted the game. I got to watch like the last five minutes of regular of regulation and then into overtime. We're not going to rehash what was said in the group chat when, when, when the magic have the lead in the final minutes. And I, I maybe prematurely declared victory. However, Mm -hmm. the heat in the closing minutes, they close the gap. Jimmy Butler, as time expires, gets the shot off somehow, some way, of course it goes in. Jimmy Butler, who everyone knows is not a three-point shooter. 
He lives and dies in the mid-range and at the rim. But of course, game on the line in Amway, two guys in his face, knocks it down. We're going overtime, and now I'm sweating because I declared this victory, Kevin, and all of a sudden, it's not going to be a victory. But the Magic come out in overtime. They score. The Heat score. And then I think the Magic go on like an 8 nothing run to yep. go up 8 with a 3 and some change left in overtime. And all of a sudden, now I'm feeling really, really good after that Wendell shot fake baseline drive and the, the dunk that he had. I'm feeling really good. And sure enough, the Magic are able to close it out and win at home 120, 126 to 114. Yep. I'm reading that, and even now it seems strange that you go into overtime and win by 12. It almost, yeah, that almost never happens. Never happens, especially scoring 18 in overtime. But the Magic absolutely just blitzed them from the start of overtime. And I, I don't know if this is because the Heat were on a back to back. You know, they played the night before. I don't know if that played into it at all. But I mean, it, it didn't hurt that you didn't miss. Like they started five of five or six of six, something like that, to start overtime, and so. Um, heats shots weren't falling except for their first one. And so it all kind of added up, but yeah, it was, it was great basketball in, in overtime, especially, you know, good ball movement, open shots, all that good stuff. But man, that was a, that was a nail biter for sure. And I mean, it, it happened already earlier this year. You had a lead, uh, against Miami. I think, what did we say earlier? It was, it was, it was an eight point lead with, with five minutes to go, five minutes to go. And you lost that one. He was 10 at some point. But yeah, so I was sweating too. Like, you know, as as they were on that 12-0 run to make it a three-point game and then tied it again. Honestly, once it went to overtime, I was like, I don't know. I mean, all the momentum was with Miami. We've um, seen this movie before. 100%. And so for the Magic to turn around and just, like I said, just blitz them coming into, uh, into overtime. I mean, they just took over and never looked back. But I mean... I think looking at this game, there's a lot of things we could talk about. Um, before we get into like certain players, I think we got to talk about Wendell, Paolo, all that stuff. I do want to talk about, just briefly, the end of regulation and the, the moment that set up the Jimmy Butler 3 with some of the strangest officiating I've ever seen. Yeah. Like the magic. Uh, well, let, let me back up. Uh, who was it? Was it Paolo? Paolo fouls Paolo. Jimmy Butler on the three-pointer. Yeah. Fouls. They review it. They overturn it. That's wonderful. That's great. Then they go. Then Eric Spolster gets in the ref's ears. Well, they're going to like, jump the ball at that point right. for possession. They're going to jump ball because that's what they usually do with these overturned calls. Eric Spolster is like, hey, yo, check that. Uh, we had the ball. So they go back and check it. And they determine not that the Heat had the ball when the whistle was blown, but that possession was imminent when the whistle was blown, which I went back and watched it. That foul was called before the ball was possessed by Miami. I, I might have even been Lowry who was getting the rebound. I don't remember. The whistle was blown before but there was possession, and now they're calling things based on imminent possession. Like, okay, yes, you're right. The ball was in the air it was going towards the Miami Heat player's hand. He was going to rebound it, but he hadn't rebounded it yet. And so, like, who gets to decide what's imminent or not? Like, that blew my mind. That's, you know, ended up setting them up to, you know, to have another possession there. The other I had thing never is, seen anything like that before. 
the other thing, Kevin, is I don't know how many times I've seen a whole review after a challenge. First of all, I don't. I think they were they were reviewing whether or not it was like they thought Mosey wanted to review whether or not it was a three. And Mosey's like, no, I want to review that it was it was not a foul at all. Right. So they're like, okay, we have to go and review this whole play because I I think. Maybe they were going to take a look to see if it was like a flagrant two. That's correct. They were going to go back and look in first before the challenge. They yeah. initiated the review first and said, we're going to go see if it's a flagrant. You know, I mean, this year they're so big on the landing space and blah, 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 blah. Which, by the way, Jimmy Butler kicks his legs out and doesn't give Paolo yeah. a place to land. You could argue it was an offensive foul. Anyway, so they were going to review the flagrant. Mosley says, I want to challenge. They're like, oh, you want to see if it's a three or not? He's like, no, I want to challenge the foul. And yeah. so for them to go back and actually look at it and realize it wasn't a foul, yeah, that was just But I what don't a know how many times I've seen them come back, make a ruling on the play, and then somebody is campaigning for something else, and then they go back again. Like, no, you made the call on the floor. Right. Let's tip the ball. Like, let's let's throw the ball in the air and see what happens. Yeah. But, of course, it's Eric Spolstra. It's the Miami Heat. Oh, okay, now we're going to go back. And look, at the end of the day, you want the right call. Like regardless if it goes your team's way or not, yes, right. the Heat were going to get possession of that ball. It it was imminent. Whether or not we've ever seen that or how many times that's been called. But at the end of the day, ball don't lie. And the Magic win one twenty six to one fourteen. Yep. But yeah, Jimmy hits that shot and I'm I'm not feeling so good all of a Yikes. sudden. But Markel comes down, pulls up. That first shot was was true and nothing but net. And I immediately felt confident. I was like, okay, we're starting overtime off on the right foot, just getting right to a bucket. And sure enough, I think the Magic, what was it? 78%, I believe it was, in that overtime period from the four. 77.8. Three of three from the three-point line. Uh, outscored the Miami Heat 18-6. to six. And mm. it really just looked like the, the Heat ran out of gas. I mean, the Magic yeah. were hitting shots. Talked about you know Wendell making that dunk eight nothing run after they kind of trade buckets back and forth, but then Wendell comes back with the corner three, put the Magic up eleven, and that's when I that's when it was over. That's when I mm. could finally exhale. I was like, all right, we're not getting a repeat of that game from what was that the middle of February? February, yeah, just about a month ago, like February eleventh, I believe it was. But always great to get a win over the Heat, especially in your own building, an overtime win. He, I think, of the most clutch games in the league this year out of any team in the NBA. Yeah. So a team I think that, that was is, their 39th, been there. which is crazy that almost, well, now, I mean, we're not even to the end of the season. So like half of their games have been clutch games. That's stressful. I can't imagine. No, thank you. I also want absolutely to, no part of that. Yeah, absolutely not. I also wanted to, I mean, as we always do, kind of go through the box score, look at some guys. I think you have to start with the return of Wendell. How good was he, man? He was so good on both ends of the floor on Saturday night. 27 points, 11 boards, 12 of 17 from the field. Let's let's clarify that. He was 10 of 10 from two, two of seven from three. He did not miss from inside the, the three-point line on Saturday. He was a machine. So good to have him back. I loved Coach Mosley's quote. In his postgame presser, literally said, that guy does not know how good he is. And it's beautiful. I love the quote. 
and then they asked Wendell about it, and he's like, yeah, he's like, that's you know been kind of the story of my career. Like, com- my confidence has waned, and that's been like my biggest challenge. It's like Wendell, man, when you are on, man, yeah. Like, how many times did we talk last year? Like, is Wendell a top X center? Is he a top ten center? Is he a top five center? Because after you get past like the Jokic's and Embiid's, like it's a it's a conversation. You know, every guy does things a, a little bit differently. A couple of years ago, we were adamant that Nikola Vucevic was a top three center in the league because it was Jokic, it was Embiid, and then then who? Like it's the two time All Star. So when he, that kid is on, man, especially defensively, he he's one of the best centers in the league. And we yep. talk about him making twelve million dollars a year. If that kid can believe and and see what we all see and play with that kind of confidence on a nightly basis, that's when we're talking about this guy being like a a 19 and 11 guy on a nightly basis. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, 27-11 for him. Paolo near triple-double, 17-10-9. We talked about free throws on Thursday. The team went 17-20 of from the free throw line on Saturday, so love to see them bounce back. Um. Oh, of course. Wait a second. How I almost forgot. I almost moved on without looking at the bench. Jalen. Well, I wasn't going to let you. I wasn't. I thought you were going to talk about Franz because Franz was. I, I was. Yeah, I was on his way that. to a fantastic game. I was going to hold that for the end. We've got a lot of things to say about Kyle Lowry. I think we should talk about Jalen first, though. I mean, holy. What smokes, is there to John. say that I that you and I haven't already said a million times? Sheesh. 16 points, 5 of 10 from the floor, 4 of 6 from behind the arc, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks, flirted with the 5 by 5 all right? We're looking at, you know, the the stocks, like the combined steals and blocks, 7 combined, seven combined steals and blocks, 5 of those came in the 4th quarter in overtime, 2 steals and a block in the 4th quarter, and then added another steal and another block in the overtime period. Unreal. Last 20 games for Jalen Suggs, 24.6 minutes per game. He's averaging 10 points, 3.3 rebounds, 2.6 assists, one and a half steals. Uh, So 2.6 assists to 1.4 turnovers, 43% from the floor, 39% from the three-point line for Jalen Suggs absolute turnaround shooting the basketball. That's a quarter of the season. He's shooting almost 40% from the field. And I think against the Jazz, he was like one of six from the three-point line. So if he even has a a decent shooting game, we're looking at over 40% his last 20 games. That is not nothing, Kevin. For a guy that shot, what was it, 22 last year? 21, 22, somewhere around there. And... Guys, this is a second-year player who has played 91 games. Who didn't have a healthy offseason. Yep. Twice. I'm just saying, man. It's like, we we always talk about Jalen Stock on this show. But man, if you haven't picked yours up, now's the time. Here's the thing. And I've said this to you guys. You know, I don't know how much I've said this on the show. I don't know offensively what Jalen will end up being obviously like you said the last 20 games the three-point shooting has just been night and day and gives an even better glimmer of hope for him 
his future offensively. I don't know what he's going to be. He may, you know, be a perennial slasher a la like Dwayne Wade. I'm not saying he's going to be Dwayne Wade, but Dwayne Wade made a living just getting to the rim, getting the foul line. That's what he did. He may end up being more of a, a, I don't want to call him a spot up three point shooter because he's always going to be a guy that tries to attack the rim. But I don't know how, how far his ceiling is offensively, but everything else that he does might end up being elite defensively. No question about it, but everything else, man, I mean, he, everything except scoring is absolutely no limit to what he can be. Scoring is the question mark, but he's answering a lot of those questions lately. So I'm just so pumped. Like he deserves it. He's worked so hard and man, he is as much a part of the, of the future of this team as almost anybody. I really believe that. So I just went back and looked last year, 21.4% from the three point line so far in 43 games. He only played 48 last year, right? So if Jalen is able to play six of these next 14 games, he will have played you know more games than he did all of last season. This year, 31.6% from the three-point line. Wow. That's a 10.2% increase in one year if he's able to stay at this level the rest of the way. Right. And that's not like a that's not like a segment. That is the entire season. A 10% increase an entire season over the next the previous season. Wow. That's crazy. What would you say is like the biggest factor for Jalen? Like what part of his game is missing to where if he improves that, like he, he's going to be a high, 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 like elite level role player for the rest of his career? Two things. My instant reaction to that question. The first is his play style, a lot like Dwayne Wade, like I mentioned, and and they joke about it on the broadcast all the time. He is just constantly getting beat up i mean he is constantly on the floor constantly getting contact on either side of the ball and at at some level you love to see it right but at the other side it's like pick your spots bro like we need you and so i i'm a little fearful that um that he continues to play like that but i guess to answer your question pick your spots more when you're going to just go all out Go crazy, get physical. Um, yeah, pick your spots more because we need you in the long term. We need you healthy. And secondly, I, I think he's still, you know, like we said, second year player has only played ninety one games. You know, that's basically just over a normal season for guys that are healthy. He still, I would say, has turnover problems. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's uh, undocumented necessarily. But it's it's the types of turnovers. Even this Miami game, you think about. There was the one play Jalen got the block, and then I'm trying to remember it. Bull like started, you know, leaking out, and Jalen tried the behind the back pass, which if if it connects, I mean, that's a top ten play of the season because Bull Bull just yams it down and it, the place goes crazy. But it's a it's a careless turnover. It goes right to a Miami defender, and so that's a bit of an extreme example. But I think Jalen still um, kind of get puts himself in tough spots where, you know, he's got to make an impossible pass or he over, you know, overestimates like the pass that he can make. Um, To be fair, though, he's doing less like dribbling turnovers. If you remember, like he really struggled for a long time with ball slipping out of his hand, ball dribbling off his foot, whatever it might be. He's cleaned that up a lot 
And so I think picking your times to go crazy, get physical, go fast, being able to slow it down, read the room, pick your spots, limit the turnovers. I think those are the things like we, we've always said offensively, his shooting strokes there. And we're starting to see that. I'm not worried about that. He's always going to be able to get to the rim. It's, it's the other things, cleaning up those things. And man, he's going to be an absolute, like just a positive player. He's already positive on the defensive end, but offensively, that's what will make him a positive player to me. Well, I thought for sure you were going to say three-point shooting. All we need from Jalen is for him to be league average. Absolutely. Get to 35%, and I'm good, right? Yep. 10% increase in between one and year two. Why can't we get another 5% increase in between this year and next year? And that's why I didn't mention it, because I'm not worried about it. I'm not even worried about it anymore. Eh, I'd like to see a little bit more than 20 games. Like We get to the end of the season here, and he has like a 30-plus game stretch of shooting 40% from three. Then my concerns will be gone. Then I'll then I'll say, all right, this kid is going to be because. And let's say this is the new normal for Jalen Suggs. If Jalen is a thirty-seven plus percent three-point shooter, look out because then the amount of gravity that he's going to cause offensively, it's going to be that much easier for him to get to the rim or to to get past his man into those one-two dribble pull-ups that we know that he loves that he's already pretty good at. Like that's yeah. to me one of the most exciting things that I think pr- helps him project as a good shooter is the fact that he's still he's already pretty good from the mid-range. So Jalen Suggs, I mean you and I have been singing his praises for seemingly forever. You've always seen the flashes. I've always believed and this is the other thing Kevin. Now I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But if Jalen can figure out that part of his game where is his ceiling then? Yep. Because if he becomes a real threat from the perimeter and guys start closing out on him hard, it, I mean, if they don't, he's lighting you up. If you do, I'm I'm getting past you. I've got the mid-range jumper. I can get right to the rim. If this kid ever is able to add a consistent floater, where is the ceiling for him offensively? I, I All of a sudden, I don't see it. I'm not saying he's going to be like a 25 Oh, game you know, per game score, but why can't he be a 17, 18 point per game score as well as being one of the best perimeter defenders in the league? I just, I, I, I'm not seeing the roadblock for him if he's able to figure out the shooting. Yeah, 100%. I, and everyone's talked about, you know, who's the starting two guard. Obviously, Gary has earned that this year. But yeah, if Jalen's 35, 37% from three going forward, that's his spot. Like, I mean, that that is his. And uh, that's really exciting to think about, especially we, we've always talked about, you know, being able to surround Paolo and Franz with shooters. Gary obviously has been tremendous this year from three and not looking to take that away from anybody. But, you know, Jalen could also be that, you know, if he if he ends up you know, continue on this trend as far as his three-point shooting goes. But to add the defense, and Gary's a good defender too, don't get me wrong, but Jalen, man, oh, Jalen's different. And again, year two, what is Jalen? I know we're talking about offense. What is a a, a more veteran-savvy Jalen Suggs defender going to look like year five, holiday. year six, year seven? Like, but here's the thing. I don't think Drew Holiday was this good 90 games into his career. I don't. Probably not. 
like Gary Payton then. Are we looking are we looking at the are we looking at the glove 2.0? <laughs> I'm not gonna get too carried away here. I'm not gonna do comps or anything like that. But that's where my my mind goes when I watch this guy. Like last night, seven stocks, and I'm like, that last night was his ninety first NBA game. Like, man, when the guy's doing his two hundredth, two hundred fiftieth NBA game, what is he gonna look like? It's crazy to think about. Very exciting. You- you just raised a pretty interesting question in my mind, at least. Jalen Suggs finishes the year last 34 games shooting 38, 39, 40% from the three-point line. The Magic do have the team option this year that they can exercise for Gary Harris. I'm not advocating for taking shooting away from this team. Nope. But if the Magic are going to take another, what is it, $13 million dollars? and roll that into free agency if there's somebody that they have in mind that a couple of weeks ago they weren't all that sure that they wanted to pursue that or would have the money to pursue that because they wanted to keep Gary. Now you're looking at Jalen Suggs. uh, Man, maybe next year he can be your starting shooting guard. Now do those conversations change, Kevin? Like, oh, maybe we do want to free up that cast space and pursue someone else because we have Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I mean... For me, the answer is no. Honestly, like I, I hope we keep Gary. Yeah, keep Gary, even if he's coming. I off probably the bench. subscribe to that thinking as well. Sure. Yeah, I, I figured you would, but my initial reaction to that is no. I like I'm I'm okay to pay Gary twelve million to come off the bench. Honestly, like he's not a one way player. You know, great shooter, and and honestly, statistically this year, I don't know if he might have. I'm trying to think the last couple of games. He might have come down a little bit, but I mean, earlier, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, he was like second in the league, fourth in the league, something like that in percentage. Um, I know he hadn't played the threshold Shooting of games at the time. Forty-three percent this year from behind the arc. Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not letting that walk. That's worth twelve million, even if he's coming off the bench. But what I was saying was, he's not just a one. That's not all he does. He is a solid defender. He you know, is very capable of being a part of the offense where he's moving the ball. He's not just chucking it every time. He's not a chucker. He takes his open shots, um, plays hard. So yeah, long story short, and we'll talk more about that as we get into the off season um, after we play in the play-in game. Um, <laughs> just kidding. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I really hope Gary Harris is back next year for sure. Kevin, that's a great segue into our, our next segment here. I'm calling it. Is the season over, hey, Jonathan? I got to interrupt with, you. With Luke, I got to interrupt you. No, nope, we can't go there yet. We got one more thing to talk about with this stupid Miami game. We got to talk I've about already, Kyle Lowry. I've already given my thoughts on Kyle Lowry. I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, no, that wasn't enough. That was that was an abbreviated glimpse. I need more from you about Kyle I've Lowry. I've given the Kyle Lowry rant 17 times on this show. I hate his guts. He's my least favorite player that has ever played. He's a scumbag. He's a dirtbag. I don't understand how he continues to get away with his antics year after year after year. But like that's all I have to say. Like he's he's Kyle Lowry. I can't stand him and he's always going to be this way. Thank you. I needed to hear that from you. He's the worst. He is the worst. And I tweeted this from the account during the game. I'm never one to promote violence. I don't think it's the solution. But if coach Mosley had thrown Michael Carter Williams into that game, and Michael Carter-Williams just happened to throw an elbow in the direction of Kyle Lowry and gave him a bloody nose as payback for 2019, I would not have been upset. I would have been very happy. Can't stand the guy. 
and you know this just add the whole Franz thing just adds to the the frustration the tension with Kyle Lowry. You could say, you know, you could watch that replay and go, ah, oh, I didn't do it on purpose. I don't know, and I don't care. I don't know, and I don't care. He's got the reputation. So to add Franz Var into the list, it's a non basketball play. You can't convince me that it wasn't dirty. I know. I'm just saying, there's no. You mentioned earlier, there's no benefit of the doubt for him anymore. Like he's just absolutely throwing that out the window. Um. So yeah, for Franz to go down, get hurt, and then because it was kind of a weird play, it was kind of a little bit of chaos going on. I didn't fully understand what happened until you saw the replay, and I was like, of course, of course, that's who it is. Of course, it's Kyle Lowry. So yeah, Franz. We'll see. Um, hopefully, he's not out for long um, because I, you know, I still want this team to make a run. And now that sets us up perfectly for uh, our next little segment here. Well, shout out to ref to good grief. Let me try that again. Well, shout out to Reddit. I'm just going to say FKL. They're going to know what, exactly what that means. Yep. But yeah, let's talk about uh, whether or not the season is over. I thought this was going to be maybe not so interesting of a segment with myself and Luke because him and I are very much kind of aligned in our thinking <laughs> and feeling. You are still, you understand where the season is going. Yep. Most likely. Yep. But you still very much have the hope alive. It's not that I, part of me has given up for like sure, but it's not like, it's not a feeling of giving up. It's just like, I'm just going to enjoy the last 14 games of the season. Whatever happens, happens because I truly feel like at this point we are playing with house money. Given the way that the season started, the fact that the Magic even have a outside chance of making the play-in this season to me the fact that you're coming away with it with like your for sure Batman and Robin of the future and Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, I'm good with however, as long as we don't go like three and 11, four and nine over the, or five and nine over the course of the next 14 games, I'll be fine. Go 500 the rest of the way, go six and eight, go eight and six, go seven and seven. I'm good. But you've kind of dove a little bit into some of the tiebreaker scenarios, especially with uh, Washington, Chicago, Toronto, a little bit, Indiana. Lay that out for us because you're the one that really did the research on this. So I'm glad that I'm I'm here talking to you about this. Your thoughts on whether or not the season is over, Kevin. So hearing you express your feelings... You and I are not that far off, I think, because I'm very much in the same mental space. Like, I'm not sitting here like either, oh, we are going to make it or, oh, I'm going to be disappointed if we don't. Like, I'm very comfortable with where this team is. Obviously, the 5-20 and 20 start, just brutal. Like, regardless of playing or not, like, that was that was no fun. And obviously, lots of reasons why that happened. So that wasn't fun. But excluding that, this has been a, a very promising season. Like the future is very bright. All those things I totally agree with. What I don't agree with from other people in the magic community who are just completely writing this off, like saying season's over. Like I, I can't get there mentally because here we are Sunday night. The magic are three and a half games back of the 10 seed. I know there's only 14 games left and that's tough. So it is a long shot. Like, don't don't get it twisted. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to do it. You had to give me a percentage. Where are you? I'm 25? at like less than 10. 
Oh, I'm at 20. You're that high? 25. That's not that high. Holy smokes. 25% is not high. That's to me that that's that's high. Okay, it's higher than you, but that's not a high percent. 25% is not a high that's not a high probability, dude. Mathematically no, but no. from my, where my expectation level is, that is high. 25%. Okay, that's where I am. Here's where Here's where I sit. So let me let me look at the standings first before I get into like the tiebreakers and stuff. So like the biggest thing that happened this past week was Washington continues to fall apart and Chicago has now taken over the 10 seed, which is interesting. Um, I didn't really see that happening a couple weeks ago. But regardless, Magic three and a half games back of them and three games back of the Pacers and the Wizards who are tied. They're both 31 and 37. Here's what's interesting though. With Chicago... Now being the 10 seed, Chicago is the only team of those that right now we outright own the tiebreaker. We went three and one against the Bulls. So being three and a half games back, let's say, I mean, we play the Spurs on Tuesday. Let's hopefully, I mean, we better beat the Spurs regardless of playing or not. That's the team you just got to beat. They're terrible. Beat the Spurs. That's that puts you three games back, and I know Chicago plays this week and all that kind of stuff. But just just for argument's sake, to get us even at the games played, three games back, that means you literally have to be three games better than the Bulls to get the ten seed. Now, obviously, that excludes the Pacers and the Wizards. You know who knows what they're going to do. But just speaking head to head with the Bulls, you own that tiebreaker, which is great. Indiana's complicated. And even more of a long shot because they own your tiebreaker. So let's say we end up three games, you know, you know, t- if we're three games back of the Pacers, you actually have to be four games better than them over the the last however many games, which is very tough. The Wizards, though, are the most interesting tiebreaker of all because we still have those two games head to head. Um, and we lost the first two, so that would make us two and two if we win both Wait, of those games. We didn't games. lose the first two. Yeah, yeah, we got trashed. Average yeah. margin of victory for the Wizards, 19.5 in those two yeah. games so far. Rough. Matchup hell for the Magic this year. It's a long shot. And here's the deal. Like, the, those Wizards games, you lose one of them, and that tiebreaker is gone, obviously, because the Wizards will have won three games. But you win both of those. And that, you know, Not you have Not only do you lose the tiebreaker, it puts a full game on each of those, right? And, and, and them. Oh, sorry. If we lose, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we if we lose, that's what I'm saying. Like, we we could be very well out of the plan after this West Coast trip, obviously. But the first game after the West Coast trip is at home against the Wizards, and so you basically a week from Tuesday, we'll know. I mean, that's that's kind of a cap and obvious statement because where we'll be in the season as far as games remaining. But like, definitely it's kind of by the season, the, right? Yeah. But that Wizards game for sure. I mean, you can't lose either of those. If you lose either of those, you're done. Um, but yeah, my my thing is like it's a long shot. It is, but mathematically, three and a half games with fourteen to go, it's not unheard of. You know, the biggest complication is the fact that you've got two teams between you and ten. It, you know, if this was if we were eleven and Chicago, whoever was ten, and we were three and a half games back, I think more people would be, you know. Uh, subscribing to the potential here. So I get it. I get where there's doubt, and, but I also think this team can put together a run. I do. The The schedule isn't great, but it's not terrible. It's not as bad as Toronto's. Toronto's still got to play 
Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia a total of five times still in their last 13, 14, whatever games it is. So I don't know. That, that's my that's my long answer to your short question. But I'm just I'm not ready to just totally give up yet. More than likely it's over, but you know, there's still a chance. And as long as there's a chance, I'm 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 here for it. So the magic, Kevin, by my estimation, and I'm no mathematician, but probably have to go ten and four over the last fourteen to have a realistic shot. That includes beating the Wizards twice. Yep. Yes, I think I yeah, nine and five probably doesn't get it done. Now, to be fair, <laughs> I sent you guys a screenshot yesterday. Like the last ten of this group of teams is just awful. Like all of these teams are not good right now. I mean, I haven't checked it tonight. I mean, the Wizards lost to Philly tonight, so they're three and seven in their last ten. Indy's the only one, you know, five, above five hundred because um, they've been actually playing pretty well lately. But yeah, five and five, five and five, six and four, three and seven, four and six. Like whoof. But you add on to that, the Raptors have a really tough schedule remaining, and they're not playing great, even though we thought once they got Jakob Pertl, they'd be taken off, and they did it to start, but lately they haven't been. So I don't know. What, what I'm trying to say is it's not like you have to go 12-2, and two, you know? Like none of these teams are that good. Is 10-4 and four possible for this team? I think it's possible. I mean, they've been on a run like this before, earlier in the season. I see you smirking. I am because I. It's just we haven't seen that team since that streak. But at the same time, you know this whole like alternating wins and losses that the Magic have done recently. Even this past week, the four game homestand, like they're in those games. That's the thing, and I'm not saying in it doesn't win it. Like I should get that you know tattooed somewhere. Like. That, that that that's not winning, but it, it's not like this team is terrible. It's not like they're getting blown out every night. So I, again, it's a. I don't want to get it twisted. It's a long shot. It's such a long shot, but I think it's possible. Like I still think it's possible. I I don't know. I just I'm not ready to give up on it yet. It is possible, but I'm much closer to like ten percent, like one in ten chance. It might even honestly be lower than that. I might be closer to five percent chance. Because again, it's just gonna it's gonna take essentially a a basketball miracle for yeah. the Magic to to make the plan at this point. Maybe twenty five percent was a little generous. All right, Maybe. a little. If you would have said twelve and a half, I'd be like, okay, that's all right. You went double that, so that's. I wanna. I, I don't want to like force the way that I feel or the way that you feel on our listeners. Like, take the information and now come to your own conclusion in terms of you know, what you think is going to happen. But by no means does this this team suck. Their record would suggest otherwise. If you're a casual observer and you're like, man, these guys are 28 and 40, they're absolutely garbage. But when you're 23 and 20 over your last 43, yep, it's pretty good. You know, they're above 500 for more than half of the season here. They're probably going to go, you know, almost three quarters of the season as a 500 basketball team. You just had a hellacious first 25 games. Yeah, very one to forget. That was brutal. Now, again, like we said, we presented the information. You all can make your own conclusion on whether or not you think the season is over. And with that, we're going to dive into Tankathon, Kevin. We're going to run a nice little Tankathon simulation here. Here, Now that we're getting closer. 
I was gonna say we like to we like to please the people. You know, we got the play in people. Yeah. You know, they love that segment. And now for our, our folks that have moved on to Wimby and Scoot and Miller or whoever else, this this segment is for you. All right, let's hit the button. And the Magic end up with the sixth and ninth overall picks in the draft. Honestly, Kevin, if you you keep the Chicago pick to me, you end up with two top ten picks in this draft. I'm not going to be all that upset. Now, would mm-hmm. I absolutely love the first pick and like the sixth pick? Of course I would. I-, I love this team. But given the state that we are at, six and ten, if you absolutely need to get up to four, if there's a guy that you want, you probably have what it takes to get it done. Yep. If you absolutely wanted to sell out for two, maybe it's possible. Like if you're going to trade anybody not named Franz or Paolo, you're going to trade six and nine and multiple first round picks to a team that maybe is multiple pieces away, like not Detroit, not Houston. Maybe a team gets lucky and jumps up into the top four and ends up at two and they don't feel like they're just one guy away. Or maybe it's a a team like like the New Orleans Pelicans. Sure, they would probably love to add Scoot, but maybe you can talk them into Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, Kayla. I know I'm I'm really Dude, trying to talk myself into my, to trading up to two. But you're talking no, about my percentage is being crazy. Twenty five percent of the no Magic shot. making the play in is probably more likely than being able to trade up to Facts. two for Scoot. There it is for sure. Trying to talk myself into it, Kevin. But oh man, I would love to come away with a top two pick in this draft. I would love nothing more than that but even if you end up at six and nine nice uh, still a very good result for the lottery for the magic yeah i'm i'm with you keeping the bulls pick that's that's a win that's everything like, that's everything not not just in some ways not just for the magic but just to spite the bulls like i i really want to have their pick you know i just want to own them um you know, you go now, three and one against them on the season, then you take their pick, and yeah, it's great. That being said, if we end up at one and the Bulls end up at two, I'll be a little sour, but I'll, I think I'll be I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you get one and or even two. I mean you're just feeling great, but yeah. As I'm, long I'm as with the you. Bulls, like if we end up at two, as long as it's not the Bulls at one, I'll be okay yeah. with that. If we're at two and the Bulls are at three, I'll find a way to sleep that night. Yeah, well, I think in, in anything. It, if that Bulls pick ends up ahead of us, that's that's the worst, you know. I mean, if we end up at five or six, you know, with it, let's stay, let's say we stay in our lottery position and don't move up, you know, we're five or six or whatever it ends up being. Um, yeah, that you just don't want the Bulls to pass you. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, which I guess that's a captain obvious statement. So if the Bulls pass you, then that means they're going to get the pick no matter what. But um, yeah, so I'm with you. Keep the Bulls pick and everything else. You know, everything else is gravy. Let's take a look at the week ahead, Luke. Wow. Disrespectful. Straight reflex. reflex. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let's take a look at the week ahead, Kevin. Uh, You've got San Antonio on Tuesday. You're off on this four-game road trip. San Antonio on Tuesday. Tip-offs at 8 o'clock. We got a a couple of late ones this week. Thursday, you're in Phoenix to take on the Suns. That game is going to be on NBA TV, by the way. And then you got the Saturday, Sunday, the L.A. back-to-back at the Clippers on Saturday. That game's at 3 o'clock Eastern, 
And then Sunday, you got the Lakers at 9.30 Eastern. Kevin, what do you think happens this week with the Magic? Oof, man. Let's look at this. San Antonio got to be a dub. Like, no reason not to win that game. So there's one. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. I just got done talking Phoenix, about this whole no play Kevin in Durant. thing. They have no depth now. I know. It's a very winnable game. Uh, I want to do better than two and two. Uh, but I think two and two is probably more realistic. Here's the, th- here's the deal. I'm essentially picking for Luke in your guys' competition right now. Is how how we've done this in the past. So well, Luke would say like one and three, zero oh and yeah, four. Luke would say zero oh and four. <laughs> no, he'd he'd have us beating the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna say I think two and two is probably more definitely more realistic than three and one. My heart says three and one, but I'm gonna say two and two. With what games? Uh San Antonio. I'll just say I'll say Phoenix. But I really think it can be any one of those last three. I mean, those other two LA teams, they just don't scare me. And, and you know, Clippers in the playoffs maybe, but like a one-off Saturday afternoon at noon Pacific time against the Clippers, any of those games are winnable. But I'm going to say, I'm gonna say uh, San Antonio and Phoenix, I guess. No, I no Lakers- I'm changing it. I'm doing San Antonio and the Clippers. I'm picking the Clippers game. It's a nooner. They're gonna be asleep. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying, I'm saying Spurs and Clippers. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bookend the week with wins. You get the win beginning of the road trip with San Antonio, and then you beat the Lakers that last game. I know the Lakers have been playing better as of late. D'Angelo yeah. Russell is back in the lineup, but no LeBron James. And you're playing the Lakers at what should still be called Staples Center. And I just think <laughs> our guys are gonna get up for that game. I think that's yeah. a game that they're really desperately gonna want to win. And I just selfishly, personally, need them to beat the Lakers. So I'm going to say mm. that they. I'm not going to say three and one. Just you know, for this team to. I mean, it, it's not impossible. I think you you're going to beat San Antonio. You can win that Phoenix game, and then I think either way they split that LA series. I don't think you you lose both of those. You could be right, like that awkward start time noon Pacific. I could see that. I could see them winning any of these games you know all of them probably not but i'm gonna pick them to, to kind of bookend the week with wins there at san antonio and then beat those lakers yeah yes. that would be fun get some know, revenge a week a week from now you know that game will be going on we're recording this sunday night it's almost 11 p.m you know we're gonna record after that lakers game basically <laughs> you midnight. know us you know us we we're monday and thursday no matter what Rain, snow, sleet. And so if that means the game is over at midnight, we got to record after we are. And so for us to record after a win would be a lot more fun than if we uh, if we lost that one. Um, but uh, I was going to say two other things. Okay, first first off, I know he's not a, you know, a Orlando Magic guy anymore, but obviously feel bad for Mo Bamba. Uh, yeah. You know, out for the next four weeks or so. So obviously stinks for him. Basically the rest of the season. Regular season, yeah. Um, as, you know, obviously... I assume they'll sneak in the playoffs at some the way they've been playing. So I think they've got a pretty decent no backup. No lead in the West is decent right now. That it's so tight. But yeah, uh, obviously hope he gets back and gets to play some playoff basketball for them. 
The other thing I was going to say is we know at least three diehard Magic fans are going to be in L.A. for these games. Um, so if there's any others out there, they're going to be there. Um, I know, I don't know, maybe we reach out to Jonathan, Jonathan Zaner. I mean, he's going to be there. Maybe there's going to be like Manny's some kind of magic there. meetup. There's another yep, one of gonna our be there. that's going to be there. Might need to be some kind of magic meetup in L.A. for that weekend. I don't know. Um, how about this? If you're going and we you're not one of the three guys we already know, Reach out to us on Twitter, and we'll maybe we'll connect all the magic folks, and and they can meet up and have some some fun there. And in, in uh, the, what is it, the City of Angels? Is that L.A.? So should be a fun weekend. Not a lot of week. angels there, but uh, yeah, it's that's true. what they call themselves. Mm-hmm. One last thing I want to shout out: I actually uh, this weekend at the the hotel that I was staying at, we're walking through like the little arcade, like they have like this like water park area, and I'm walking through the arcade out to that. And I'm I'm sharing the elevator with a gentleman. And he's like, "Oh, big Magic fan." Huh? He saw my my tattoo, and and we got to talking. And then our uh, our like pool chairs were kind of uh, near each other, so it was nice meeting him. He had never heard of the podcast, obviously, so I had to shout it out, let him know, you know, check it out, and hopefully he likes it. But uh, it was good meeting you, nice talking to you, and yeah, Kev, what do you say we uh, win some basketball games this week? It'd be nice. It'd be awesome. It'd be really cool. It'd be awesome. If a week from now we're doing our late night recording. To a three and one road trip, and now all of a sudden, playing conversations are really real. I'm just saying, you never know. You just never know. So tune in all week for some late night magic basketball, and we'll see what happens. I would love nothing more than next Sunday for us to be sitting here talking about how we once again believe the Magic are going to make the play. I would love that. Mm. Would love for the Magic to go four and zero. Magic go four and zero. You you make up at least a game, if not two on all of those teams above us this week because they've been all playing like dog crap. So yep. here's to wishing and hoping. And again, hopefully we can talk about the Magic's revitalized playing chances on the next episode. But we're going to wrap this one up. For producer Kevin Tucker and Luke Sylvia earlier in the episode, this has been Jonathan Osborne. And you guys have been listening to The Six Man Show. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Red!